Uh, everybody, welcome to the Vision Live podcast. Uh, it's a podcast where we interview the next wave of up and coming incredible co-founders, founders such as our guest today, Emery Reigns. Um, yeah, so to, like I said, our guest today is Emery Reigns. She's an incredible co-founder, not co-founder, founder of Grab My Bag. And just to give a little, a little background, uh, we met at a startup accelerator. So um, it was like 10 of us, and we were actually the first people. I don't know if you remember, we were the first people paired together. Yes, yes, we were. <laughs> we yeah. talked the whole time. I think we had an assignment, so don't tell them we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do any of it. All we did, because when you told me about your idea or your business, I, I got so excited because I was like, there's so many different ways you can go, you know, so many different angles, so many different people you can touch with it, so many groups you can serve with it. And I just got excited. So we were just brainstorming different ideas and stuff. You know how entrepreneurs do. We just brainstorming different That's ideas. Cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder. Tell us what, you know, what Grab My Bag does and, you know, how it got started. Yeah, yeah. So Grab My Bag is a luggage delivery service from airport baggage claim to the traveler's requested location. So uh, the press has been calling us the Uber or Lyft for luggage, right? So um, now when you book your flight, you book your car, you book your hotel, you can book your grab, right? So after you have booked your flight, you can go to grabmybag.com and you can book a grab, land and go and have your luggage delivered where you'd like. Um, and so it started because in the, during the pandemic, um, end of 2020, I was actually headed back into the country sooner than um, expected. And I had nine plus bags. Um, I had flown from LA to DMV, shout out DMV, hometown. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, spent some time with friends for a while and then um, had flown out of the country. And then I was coming back. I landed in Atlanta and it was a nightmare. Um, I had nine plus bags and I was racing against the clock to try to figure out how I was going to get the rental car and get these bags. And I got to the rental car company right before they closed. They gave me an SUV that was smaller than what I had booked. And I got back to baggage claim and was able to get about three bags in there. Mm -hmm. So um, it was it was a long two to three days. I had to make three trips back and forth to the airport. And eventually I was like, this is ridiculous. Like somebody should be able to deliver this for me. And right. that's grab my bag was born. <laughs> All right. Nine bags on Emory. That's that's a lot of bags though. Listen, listen, I, I was coming back sooner than expected. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be, I was supposed to be gone longer. All right. So I, okay, I got you. I am a planner. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Now that's a great idea. Like, like I said back then when we first met, it's so many ways you could take that. Like the first thing I was thinking about is, you know, like teams like you know i grew up playing sports so like yeah. you know sports teams that travel for different tournaments uh yeah. and different things like that and you know a lot of times you when you travel especially when you're flying you have that many young adults teenagers together you don't want to be bothered with grabbing bags no you just want to go to you know the hotel and and, and get started Listen, so, yeah ruin your trip more than waiting at baggage claim hearing your bags have been redirected or lost you're trying to get to disney with the kids or you're mm -hmm. trying to you know, you're trying to get to a meeting. Um, you know, I'm a professional actress and a former cheerleader for LA Kings, right? And so, um, like you, I come from that sports world, right? Um, and it's difficult when you're traveling and you're on a deadline. And even when you're not on a deadline doing those things, you just want your time, right? So right. it's about, for me, it's about giving people their time back and giving people an opportunity to do what's most important to them. And I think that's uh, getting started on the vacation that you just right. a load of money to get to, right? Who wants to be waiting for baggage? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you thought, OK, you came back and you said this is crazy. I, you know, I got three bags I tracked down, but the other six I'm trying to, you know, see where they are and everything. And you decide, OK, I'm going to go ahead and start grab my bag. Right. Great name, too. I like that name a lot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What was your first step? What was the first thing you decided to do when you decided to start that business? How did you how did you piece that together? Yeah. So for me, I'm all about I'm research and numbers. Like I have my MBA in accounting and finance. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I approach things from a numerical standpoint before anything else. Um, and I like data. Right. So I started doing research to see what companies were out there, what was kind of happening, if there was anyone operating in this capacity or thinking about the idea that I was thinking about for it. Um, so that was the first thing. And I spent about two weeks researching. Um, because I got to Atlanta around December 17th, um, okay. 2020. Um, and then uh, January 2nd is when I launched the company. I decided to uh, create a corporation because for me, I was kind of thinking long-term vision and what I might be able to do down the line um, and whether or not I wanted to go public or stay private. And, um, and I just felt for me that a corporation um, was probably the better option. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's different for everyone, right? Um, some people, it's an LLC, some people, it's a corporation. Um, it really depends on if you want to take on investors, or um, if you want uh, to be private, if you uh, different tax incentives, right? And so you have to kind of talk to the professionals, right? Um, make some calls. You're going to have I, about a week of calls, right? Where you're, you're calling on the phone, trying to talk to people, getting different opinions. And that I think is the most important part to really just ask people what you don't know and ask right. questions, right? Like, I feel like there's a um, stigma around asking questions or asking why, right? Like everyone right. wants to be the smartest person in the room. Um, but the reality is when you're starting a business, especially if it's something you've never ventured into before, you're not, right? And you can't know if you don't ask. So I asked a lot of questions. I called a lot of people, called a lot of lawyers, called a lot of right. you know accountants. Um, I called everybody that I thought might know. And um, because my idea was a bit different and a different concept, even though the concept in its entirety exists because we know Uber, we know Lyft now, we kind of know the stories of those if you've if you've seen the kind of history on on how they got started. Um, but for me, it was it was just research. I had to do the okay. research to figure out how it fit for me. And um, knowing kind of your industry, right? Like my industry is a very highly federally regulated industry, right? Mm -hmm. So with that comes um, the responsibility of knowing the ins and outs of those laws. And um, it's a lot more difficult, I think, than, than people think. But it's also not unobtainable to have an idea and just hit the ground running um, and, you know, fail as you go and adjust, right? Right, right. And I know those, uh, those regulations you have is, I know it's hard to get past, but once you once you get a hang and, you know, get through okay. those regulations, I know it serves as a pretty good uh, barrier to entry, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and that is, you know, it's a it's a barrier to entry um, just for, you know, kind of purposes of the conversation for anybody that that would know is how difficult or how easy it is to get into an industry. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and barriers do exist. Um, and I think that's in every industry. And that's why it's so important to do your homework and to um, really commit to whatever it is that you might be doing um, because it's, it's not going to be something that's going to be overnight. 
Um, and it's not going to be something that is going to be easy, but it's definitely something you you should research and do if if you've got an idea, um, because somebody will like it. <laughs> right, right. So you decided to organize as a corporation. Did you know going into it that you're going to be looking for investor funds? Is that why you decided to do corporation? Or no, I didn't actually. It was kind of the exact opposite for me. Um, I didn't really, you know, numbers, right? I went back to the numbers. I went back to how many people travel a day. And, um, you know, Atlanta is the busiest airport. Um, I haven't looked at the stats lately. The, them in China at the time yeah, were yeah. next. It's still number one. It's still number okay, one. All right. I was like, I don't know. But, you know, um, and so I was there, right? And for me, it was kind of like go big or go home, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, um, so yeah, for me, becoming a corporation, um, I think in my head later on down the line, if I decide to go public, I see myself as a, a black woman ringing that bell on Wall Street, right? right, right. Um, and uh, and I think it would be cool, and I think it would be a moment in history. And so that's one of the reasons that um, that I decided to uh, to incorporate as opposed to becoming an LLC. Because yes, it is a long and far fetched dream to some, but nothing's unobtainable. So. Right, right. Absolutely. So you decided to, to register your business as a corporation. What was the next step in getting it off the ground? What you do? Did you write a business plan? Like, did you, what was the next step? I didn't do any of that. So I'm, I'm like the worst entrepreneur story ever, right? Okay. So here's the thing. I went straight to tech because okay. my company, it, that was my difficult part, right? Like for me, I started with my weakness first okay. because my weakness is what I knew was going to take me the longest amount of time to get it up and off the ground and running. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this was like a day in day out, like, and still to this day, I don't sleep. Like everyone's like, you don't sleep. Like I'm up, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning, um, working. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started with tech and I built, grabbed my bag 1.0, which if you watch, um, a KCI, um, shout out to Russell, um, at Fox KC. Um, if you watch that segment, um, you'll see when he was interviewing me, he cuts to um, the first grab my bag website, right? And I built that website. Okay. Um, and it was difficult. And it was not what I needed it to do. When I say difficult, I mean, the process, right? right. Um, was difficult, and it was not what I needed it to do. Um, and so I kind of hunkered down and learned and, you know, got really into the tech part of it because our technology is what makes travel easier for people right mm -hmm. um in our press releases that's what it talks about because that's the important part of being able to travel so i went straight to tech um i learned the tech in um and then i uh hunkered down and did my business plan because i realized at that point i was bootstrapping and needed some money so i was gonna have to start submitting to things and and putting this idea on paper so you can only avoid a business plan for so long. But I, I definitely don't think you have to start with it. I think you need to have a clear vision of what it is that you want. And for some people, it helps to put that vision down on paper. But for me, right. that, that wasn't how I started. Right, right. And I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who don't start like that, you know. So it's like I know a lot of times a lot of times a business plan can actually serve as a hindrance because it's I, in I, your head. It's such this big, huge document. And who wants to write, like go write a 30 page document, but it doesn't have to be that. You can just, it's just really just getting your ideas down and stuff like that. But I've talked to a lot of people who want to start a business and like, I just don't want to write a business plan. It's like, you don't have to just start your business, you know, just start your business. Yes, yeah. Just start your business. That's the biggest, like, I think that's the most awesome piece of advice. And, and I don't know, you ask different CEOs or different 
different people, they'll tell you different things. But I think it's just start, like just get going. You know, I remember when I was doing that research I was telling you about, um, one of the people that I spoke to at an organization had told me that, you know, I needed to sit down and make my business plan and then make my marketing plan. And she mm -hmm. said, you know, and then you can circle back to this in about three to five, you know, years. And I was like, ah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's the worst <laughs> advice ever, right? And so right. I, to me, right? And so again, but you have to gather those opinions to take in like what you think is the good or bad advice. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I said, I don't want to be three to five years out. Like I want to be now. And, um, and so I did it and, and it wasn't, it wasn't without, I guess, difficulty. Right. Um, because then once I got the business plan, then I had to start like pitching people. Right. And so that's trial and error too. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of different parts of it. You got to make a deck. You got to, I mean, there's so many, right. you know. Right. Right. And what I found too, and you might've found the same thing is when you, like I wrote a business plan and like, once you go to market, yeah, everything changes. Oh, yeah. What you, what you project is going to be way different What you, how you thought you're going to serve the market, how you thought you're going to market changes. So it's just like, it's a good starting point, but there's no, everything is going to change after you, after you write and go to market, you know? Everything, everything, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, especially depending on your industry, right? Like, right. Again, because of how regulated ours is, like, there's, there's I's that I had to dot and T's that I had to cross that you can't necessarily cover in a business plan. You don't know them until you know them, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, everything changes. And, mm -hmm. and who you thought was your target customer is probably not going to end up being your target customer. And, you know, you're right. going to find so many different things. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think it's a definitely a good tool. And it's something that you should have in your back pocket, even if it's just like, you know, a half a page to one page of every section, because you don't know how to build it and build it as you go, because it's going to change. Right, right, exactly. And one thing you mentioned is uh, the funding. I know that's a that's a barricade and that's a hurdle to a lot of businesses starting off on the early stage, really all through the life of the business, a lot of times in different ways, but yeah. especially in this early stage. Yeah. Um, how did you how did you fund the business? What are some of the things that you did to actually get it off the ground funding wise? Yeah, uh, this is not, you know, uh, not advised. OK, I am not a financial advisor. OK, so do not go and say, Emory said, do this and put yourself in debt. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I used my a little bit of my savings that I had. Um, mm -hmm. I used um, my credit. Um, and then I really applied to um, um, accelerators and okay. to um, different funding opportunities. And I want to give a big, big shout out to um, National Black MBA mm -hmm. um, Accelerator. That was our um, the first one that we were in together. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan and Leanne. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Eric. Um, hi, Andre. Eric, um, yeah. So, you know, they were instrumental because when I got into that accelerator, it showed me that everything I had stunk. <laughs> and I understood very quickly why I wasn't getting accepted or getting into other places. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes to the fact that you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, we had an opportunity to pitch. We had an opportunity to win money at the end. Um, and, you know, I took third. Um, Mark. Hi, Mark. Uh, Alexander, your first guest. Uh, kicked yeah. And took first. He, um, he kicks everybody's butt. So don't worry about that. <laughs> right? Mark just is out here getting all the money. If y'all want to know how right. to get money, find Mark Alexander. Ask mm -hmm. him. 
Um, but, and then Erica got second and I took third and it was my first time ever pitching. Right. right. Um, we were pitching via zoom and, um, it was monumental. Like it, it was a life changing moment for me because, you know, life was happening and you get down and you're like, what, maybe this business isn't what I should be doing. Right. right. Um, and then you get a little break. Right. And then my second big break, um, shout out to St. Louis arch grants. I have to say, um, you know, the executive director, Gabe, his team, Jess, um, uh, they're just amazing. And they're actually about to start their application process. I think if they're not already in it, they're in it. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for a community that is going to not only help fund you, but to help grow you and give you connections and care about your business, I got to put our trance out there. I mean, it has been a life changing opportunity and um, it's just a great organization. Okay. How many, uh, how many startups will they choose per cohort? Do you know? Yeah, they choose. Um, so I went up against, I think between about 600 people, mm -hmm. um, about 60 of us or so pitched. Um, and oh, my wow. numbers might be a bit off. Um, and about 23, two of us were selected, I think 22 okay. or 25. Okay. Um, yeah. And so if you are out of state, don't worry, you, you do have to move to St. Louis. It's mm -hmm. cold. So bring a jacket. I don't have one on now, but I'm in my nice office. So it's not that cold. You go outside, you're going to feel like you got hit with nothing but ice. But yeah, as long um, as it's good inside, that's, that's all you need. That's all that matters. Okay. Right. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's that kind of cold, like that you just, you just like to kind of be in, you know? Right. Um, so it's a beautiful city. It's awesome. Um, it has been full of love and the entrepreneurship out here is just amazing. Um, but you move here and um, uh, take up roots, move your headquarters here. And um, if you are already here, they give $75,000 in non-dilutive funding, which is big. Um, non-dilutive means they do not take equity in your company, right? Right. So um, that money is to help you grow your business and um, and get people jobs, right, for the economic development of the city. Mm -hmm. And um, and then if you are out of state, um, they provide you with a $25,000 relocation um, grant. And right. that's huge, wow. right? Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah, to get you here, right? So, mm -hmm. and I bring that up because, again, as a Black female entrepreneur, um, it's hard to find funding. And, right. you know, and there's a lot of great ideas out here. And when you're competing, you're competing, right? And so you might get something and then you say, how am I going to make it work, right? So if they, and I think that's something that sets them apart. The fact that they not only give you the money to work on your business, but they give you the money to get here. And mm -hmm. um, that can be big in communities of color. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing, actually, one thing I think would be beneficial for people listening is to try to join a network. I know me, you and uh, quite a few other entrepreneurs who are in the same uh, cohort of uh, for the accelerator. We send each other stuff all the time, different opportunities, different grants all the time. So you know, everybody listen, if you can, you know, try to join a, a network or, you know, something, a group of people who you can send each other opportunities. But also anybody listen, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the program. If you have your own questions for Emory, Make sure you chat up, put them in the chat box because I want you to get your questions answered as well. So make sure if any questions you have, go ahead and throw it in the chat box. I'll ask Emery. Um, but yeah, the Arch Grant, that's, that's an incredible grant. You said the next application is coming up, huh? 
Yeah, I think it's coming up. I believe it starts sometime February. Um, okay. But if you go to archgrants.org, I think it is, um, you can see their their kind of timeline and their process. And um, they'll have some like webinars and things coming up you can tune into and kind of see what the process is. It's an extensive process. Do not be scared away, okay? Um, you do have to put in the work, um, but they want to help you put in the work. So tune into the webinars and and go after the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once you got your business, you know, off the ground, you got, you know, you got a little funding for it. You got, you know, registered, you got some momentum behind you. How did you decide which marketing avenues to use to actually reach your, your target audience, your potential customers? Yeah. So for me, um, I, I felt that back to research, you know, I, I'm again, a, a kind of look at the numbers. And, and what I saw was that people that were booking, um, you know, were, were guardians, as I call them, right. Um, and uh, that was kind of my, my top person. Um, and so I figured out what are ways to help them. And, and guardians is kind of inclusive of, well, not kind of, it is inclusive of both like elderly and disabled, right. Um, and uh, so those parents, as we might call them, that are that are housing or helping their parents and then that also have little ones right so they're a guardian of either a parent or they're a guardian of a little one yeah. um and uh and so for me it was about kind of meeting them where they are right um and and reaching out for uh, thinking of creative opportunities to get to them um you know i like seo i like um online things um i had to had to put away my i'm not a big social media person but sean in town he brought me out shout out to sean in town on youtube right i had to come out and have a conversation um because it's big right and people are looking for um services and opportunities and all of that online um and so i think that's the biggest part and so for for me i think um being able to be blessed enough to make the press circuit and for people to, you know, pick up the stories that we were um, putting out and and to write stories about us and to say this is an amazing avenue um, was was how we kind of that was the route of marketing we took. It kind of naturally took itself. OK, OK. And that press that, you know, the uh, public relations piece of it, that's another area that I'm sure you have you have a, a background of that. But that's another area people have a hard time cracking into do you reach out to reporters do you reach out how, how do you crack in how do you actually get your your uh stories covered i harass everybody no <laughs> <laughs> you know i i think i think the first thing is that you have to have a story that's worth covering right so um you know i i think you've got to kind of use your head and think outside the box right don't um uh, if there's something going on and it's Christmas time and you want to talk about your, your, um, you know, uh, water skiing company, like mm. probably not the best time to talk about it. Right. Um, right. but if it's 4th of July and people are, you know, looking for something to do, like maybe they might pick you up on your local stuff. So I say, start with kind of local, um, you can always check with news stations and, and um, there's numbers on their websites and there's um, emails that you can email in and, and kind of uh, tell them story ideas. And if you think that that's something that that might be useful, you can you can always reach out. They're looking for stories, right? Like we mm -hmm. watch the news for a reason because um, we need to know what's happening. So if you think that 
you've got a story that's noteworthy um, about your organization, um, you should tell them. Um, but again, if it's if it's Christmas time and you're starting a, a water ski company, they're they're probably not going to be interested. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. This question comes from Mark. This is more of a shot a shot at uh, Sean in town. What's it like to become rich as an entrepreneur and what can you share with others as they aim to reach those milestones? I am not a rich entrepreneur, okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sean, um, but I will say, again, back to um, that social media um, kind of milestone, right? Um, I I have a lot of respect for what Sean does and for him him saying that because that's part of his personality, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He puts in a lot of work on that YouTube channel. And uh, I think we should be asking him that question, Mark. Let's go ahead and ask ask Sean what it's like to become rich because he's got to be. He's got a great following. Mm -hmm. Um, I think hitting milestones is is really the the thing. You have to set milestones that you want to hit, right? Um, um, And if you don't set them and kind of hone in on them and make a plan around them, right? It doesn't have to be a lot, you know, maybe it's, it's $100 a day, or maybe it's $20 a day, or um, whatever it might be, right? Your first $100 over a month, right? Whatever that is, you have to hit those milestones, and you have to kind of hold yourself accountable. And if you don't, I think it's very easy to kind of spin out um, and wonder uh, like why you're not making movement and to get frustrated. But uh, no, Mark, I am not rich. No, Sean in town. <laughs> but um, I, I will I will take those orders for grabs if you go to grabmybag.com. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Maybe, Sean, you put in the, in the comments, how, what's it like for you to be rich? Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 I'm gonna. I, I should have said that. See, this is why I need you, Daryl, because I told you social media is not my thing. <laughs> teamwork, teamwork. Yeah. So I'm gonna leave. I don't want to keep you for too long, but I'm gonna leave you with uh, the last two questions I asked. You know, all all the guests here, um, I think are very valuable for people people listening. Uh, the first one is what's a tool that you use, whether it's a software tool, platform, um, even if it's a podcast, like Dapo mentioned last week. What's a tool that you use that's been invaluable to your business? Hmm. I think, oh, that's a tough one, Daryl. Um, does it have to be like a specific tool or can I say like something general? Okay. So for me, so for me, I'd say technology, like technology is, is very important. And I think that it's very valuable for, um, for us in our everyday lives. Right. Um, Technology has changed the world. I think the pandemic changed the world and the way that we interact with each other, right? Mm, right. Um, and uh, so for me, I think technology is a very powerful tool that that affects my business tremendously. Right. All right. And then secondly, uh, last question, uh, what's the biggest lesson that you learned in 2022 when it comes to, you know, running your business? <sighs> I'd have to say... Mm, oh, I don't, I don't know. So I guess, yeah, I, okay. I would say, I'd say don't hire a friend because don't hire your friend. You you love your friends and you, you want to work with them. But if you do at some point in time, you're going to have to let them go. They're either going to get a bigger, better opportunity than you and they got to move on or, you know, they're going to outgrow it or, you know, you, 
you gotta, it's going to part at some point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're going to be heartbroken because you lost your friend. Right. So that's what I say. There's plenty of people out here looking for work. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that you should, you should keep your friends as your friends and you should keep business as business. And, um, and it's, it'll be good. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. What's even worse if you have to fire your friend? That makes it even worse. Yes, it does. It really <laughs> does. So you, it, it, yeah, I'd say don't hire your friends. And okay. and I would say be mindful. Can I do a two part? I know you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I would say like be mindful of each other, right? Like when mm. I when I created Grab My Bag, one of the big things that I wanted to do was to make us um, the highest paying gig job out there, right? Like mm. I didn't want people to have to struggle to make a living. And I didn't want them to have to work hours and hours a day. Right. But with that comes the thought process of, and and I think this is something that was definitely learned in 2022, um, just with, with my team, right. Um, that you can't hire everybody. Right. And right. again, it's a, it's a highly regulated industry. And so we encourage people to come on board, but you have to have a process in place and you have to be willing to stick to that process, even when it's not a popular one. Right. right. Um, and so I would say that you have to stick to your guns um, and you have to know that as long as you're doing right by people and you're thinking about each other and you're putting others first mm-hmm. um, and you're not um, you're not intentionally trying to harm people, um, as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to close your eyes and go to bed at night knowing that um, and wake up in the morning. OK, absolutely. We'll end on that. Great advice. Great advice from Emery. Emery, I know people looking out here, they want to know, you know, where can we find you? Where can we find? Grab my bag. You know, everything. Give us your how, how do we find you? Because, you know, I'm going to I'm going to use this service. Uh, yeah, no, please. Yeah, Let me know. Absolutely. Let me know. <laughs> so um, grabmybag.com is where you can book a grab um, or apply to be a grabber. Um, you can also go on my handle on IG. My personal handle is at Emory Reigns. Um, our uh, IG and every other social media handle is um, at Grab My Bag Inc. And uh, yeah, you can you can find us there. And now if you're a grabber and you're applying to be a grabber, don't ask us where your application is. I promise you we're processing it. OK, but it's a long process. So you got to give it it's going to be about six months. So hang okay. tight. We're, we're getting to you. I promise. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Emory, I appreciate taking the time out to speak with us. Incredible, incredible interview. Great advice you're giving us dropping gems. Uh, once again, I just thank you so much. Thank you, Daryl, for having me. It's so good to see you. You too. You too.